Welcome to Moving the Rock. Whether sales is all you do or only part of what you do, the strategies and tactics of success can often feel split between two realities. You can become someone you're not to earn the recognition and praise of people you don't respect, or you can try to figure it out on your own, knowing you'll underperform your potential. We're here to offer a third way. The idea that you can't have success without compromise is just wrong. You don't have to compromise to win in the long term. You can play the game in such a way that you win in the short term and the long term. Through our hard lessons learned, we can shift your way of thinking and create a better way. I'm Chris, founder of SightShift. And I'm James, founder of Florist Group. If you're tired of the status quo, we're here to help you move the rock on your career, your business, and your life. Welcome. All right, Chris, uh, welcome in, my man, from the patio yeah, and the bright dude. sunshine. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's that time of year. We got to soak those vibes up. Yeah, man. Oh, I was, uh, I was, I have to admit, I was driving uh, today, earlier today, and I had the sunroof open and I was in traffic. You know, it was slow rush hour traffic and I had my head positioned just perfectly outside the, uh, <laughs> or in the middle of the sunroof to get full sun coverage on my face. <laughs> Heck yeah, it feels good. What what were you playing? Were you blaring anything? Ah, uh, I was uh, I was listening to a podcast. I'm trying to educate myself, man, on on protein consumption. Interesting research out of Canada. Yeah, good stuff. Go you, go you. I love to learn, but if <laughs> I have that moment and the sunroof is open and it's sunny. I also love my dopamine. There you go. And so let's get a song turned up, playing loud. Yeah. Uh, what a what a good time, man. Summer vibes. And you know, I think that's a perfect uh rhythm to pay attention to as we talk about even where we're here, what we're here to cover today, because we as leaders would love to always be in whatever our favorite season is. Right. Right. But that ain't how leadership works, is it? <laughs> Yeah, we, we have, it's what's wonderful about the season metaphor is that we, you know, life, the world is impermanent and uh, we will always be moving from season to season. And uh, the sooner we accept it, the better we are at um, not only getting past that shock. Oh, wow. I'm in a new season. Didn't expect that. But uh, also the more prepared we'll be. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, life, is, and life gets much better. And you think about how this fits perfectly with what we talked about last episode. And so again, we're in this series, 12 parts on how to go as far as you can as a leader. Uh, and especially for the sales leader, as they lead others, um, you don't have to listen to any of these episodes to get the one we're diving into, but at the same time, they are also connected. So you look at that last episode, what it meant to get that awareness of like where you are and, and having this full view of your life as you think about winning, losing, stuck, inspired. Well, now we shift to go a little bit deeper today to talk about what it means to, as you figure out where you are, adjust how you are engaging and leading the team or others. Um, so we got a specific word we use for this, pace, right? And what does it mean for us as leaders to take that awareness and then look at intentionally building the pace, not that we want to run with, but what the team needs. Yeah. And uh, as a, uh, with the mindset of a sales leader, I am um, 
thinking about <clears throat> a common situation. Uh, it's July 1st, and yesterday was the end of the second quarter for a lot of companies. And um, what we all, we, we, many of us work against that three month quarter. Uh, you start off, so a lot of organizations are starting off relaxed today <laughs> because <laughs> it's the beginning of the quarter. And uh, maybe taking the day off to get some golf in and relax in advance of the weekend. And then uh, the intensity rises as the, as the uh, quarter proceeds. And uh, the stress rises as uh, we recognize that the deal we thought was going to come in isn't. It might, have to, might be pushing, whatever, and uh, we get further from that goal. So I, I do recognize that um, as sales leaders manage to a revenue commitment uh, throughout the year, uh, the the I can see pace being influenced by the um, the distance that a leader is from their goal, from their commitment. So you miss you miss a quarter, you miss your number, whatever that variance it was now gets added to the current quarter, and now the level of intensity rises, and so naturally that intensity tr would translate into pace or urgency. And it can, it can create a stress uh, trigger that actually um, turns the team off, actually mm -hmm. demotivates the team. Uh, and so I, I guess what I'm saying to you is that many folks in this, in this business determine pace by distance to goal, whereas uh, you're talking about something much different pace in the context of what the team requires at any given time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to lay it out if I did three levels and then let you react to this, you know, and for those listening, Hey, we're doing this live. Like this is when Jimmy and I show up, bring our best and let it co-mingle and, and, and create together. But this came out of a chat this week, actually, where I was with a team and somebody, the person responsible for sales found out from the finance department in the meeting, they were changing part of the way that they were doing the financials to mark to time for uh, the clients. And it meant that there was going to be a now, I think, 15% um, gap for the year in revenue. Uh, and then even higher for the quarter, just by the way they changed this. Well, you tell me, Jimmy, what do you think happened to that leader in that moment when that occurred? Right. Not, it was not a good, it was not a good conversation. Man. I mean, not that I expected emotional composure, but we're talking about the opposite. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was intense. It was intense. My eyebrows got singed through the video screen. It's virtual. Um, and I don't have a ton to spare. So it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was really raw. And so I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that um, this is a real felt pain when you're in that leadership role that Jimmy has spoken to so deeply in these episodes, when you feel that pressure, when you got to produce that number, many times these are the people carrying the weight that are paying for everything else in the organization. Uh, when I lay out these three levels, I, I don't want it to be like I'm not sensitive to the struggle or the pain. I've had to hunt for my own food for years. Um, but here's what I've seen. And then let's, let's see where this goes. 
at an amateur level, when I start talking about pace, what most people take that uh, a beginner level, you know, because we all got to start somewhere is just what you're saying. It's the rush to the goal. It's the quarters. It's the drive. It's the pressure. Um, and oftentimes you're in a position where you're reporting to somebody above you and you're accountable for those numbers. And there is natural pressure around that timing. You know, I could see guys on the golf club today, golf course, when you painted that picture. Mm-hmm. So at a beginner level, we're feeling the pace of the quarter or the rhythm, whatever we've got set up for our revenue goals. At an intermediate level, uh, the pro level, you're getting better. You're, you're not just watching, you know, the overall number and where the goals are at, and what you've got to achieve. Uh, you relax into knowing the rhythm of your organization. So you start to appreciate things like, well, you've heard this saying, you know, we're a fourth quarter company or we're a first quarter company or, you know, so, so at a beginner level, you're just interacting with the goals that are in front of you from a pacing standpoint. At an intermediate level, you start to learn the particularities and nuances of your organization. And if you're sharp, at this pro or intermediate level, you can see how it shifts over time, depending on your product service offerings, what you're shifting in, in maybe your overall strategy or model. So, you know, today's particular rhythms may not be tomorrow's. At a master level, what I've seen that I'm so inspired by in regards to overall organizational leadership and help me see this even deeper with sales leadership You're starting to think about pace from a standpoint, not of always got to chase the next number, beginner, not intermediate. You know, what are the nuances and particularities of our pace? But you're getting a vision out there that's bigger than this year's goal. This year's goal still matters. It's it's multi-year impact. How much can I ask of the organization or the team? How hard can I push them right now? How much can I challenge them? And then when do I need to relax that? When do I need to release that pressure? When do I need to let off that steam? There's a nuance there at that master level that I'm really fascinated by. So as I walk through those three, how does that strike you? How would it land with the world of sales leadership? Yeah, I think 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 the idea of mastery and maturity rings true. Um, you know, if you, if you, the more reactive you are, the more like a pinball you're going to feel. And, uh, we get a lot of comments from first time leaders who are chasing, uh, instead of leading. And, uh, that chase, uh, is, um, can be stressful and, uh, you're always, looking to try to get ahead of the chase so that you can have some breathing room. But, um, the, the, I think what you're bringing up for me is that if, if, if the paradigm always is, I'll be happy when I'll be relaxed, when I'll invest time, when, uh, and that when never comes because you're always chasing, then, you know, it'll end up being a miserable career. So you got you to change the paradigm. You got to step outside of that construct and lead, lead from yeah. that vision. Yeah. And this is where, you know, templates and frameworks 
helped me immensely to get from this reactive to in the moment at the pro level with the organization to the master level, really out in front. And so, you know, an encouragement, and then I want to tie it into something you're passionate about. An encouragement for every leader listening to this, especially those that are leading others, sales leaders who are leading sales professionals. If your job, if you think I have to be perfectly understood or I'm not leading well, there's a tension you're avoiding that is absolutely necessary to leadership. Leadership as a function is taking people somewhere they've never been before. So you're actually imagining something that hasn't yet been seen. And at the master level of leadership, you're comfortable being misunderstood. Not so comfortable with it that you're lazy and don't work hard to explain well, but you know the first time you say something out loud, if it is getting beyond where we are, it is going to be a little bit unsettling. It might not be super comfortable. It might disrupt us some. It might even feel a little confusing. People are trying to get an understanding of it. And we've used this analogy before, but I love it. It's just, it's, it's a simple one to use. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. didn't get up and give his speech and say, what do you want me to do for ethics and civil rights issues? He said, I have a dream. I see the way this could be. Will you dream it with me? Even though there were others that weren't ready to, didn't want to, whatever. So this is for me, what helps me be at this level where I am getting out in front and I'm ahead and I can intuit, interpret the pace of the organization, the pace of the team, what we need and where we're at is having these frameworks. Now, the framework, of course, that we've covered a lot here on the show, your wins framework. I've talked about how powerful it was for me to experience it for the first time. And again, you didn't know I was going to say this, but the wins framework to me gets you out of that reactivity into an approach, a process-based approach that you can start asking some of these bigger questions. Like, okay, so our sales process, is it defined enough? Where is it weak? Where is it strong? Uh, in what way does it need to be reinvented? Not just to reinvent it, but because we anticipate some market changes on and on and it gets. So big idea here is frameworks and templates help you get out of your own way as a leader and start to think about the bigger upstream issues like we talked about a few episodes ago. And for me, the wins framework is a way to get my brain anchored into, especially in sales leadership, what do I need to be anticipating so that I can adjust the pace? Yeah, it's, it is interesting. When we when we meet someone who's stuck in that quarterly trap, uh, we the only way we can help is by helping them find their way out of the trap, not to get into the trap with them. Right. So an example of getting into the trap with them would be, yeah, how do we find a way to make you successful in this constructed hell that you've created for yourself? Right. Mm -hmm. What are the tactical things that we can do to make it hurt less? You know, it's just, you're just never going to be successful because you'll only ever be successful in the paradigm, you know, in the context of a trap. You'll always mm -hmm. be trapped. So the only thing to do is to imagine or, uh, or envision the way you want it to be uh, so that you can, you can uh, work your way out of that trap and never 
get back into it. Um, so yeah, you've got to change your mindset, change your thinking, change the holistic, wholly change the way that you approach your work. You've got to escape that quarterly trap, for example, instead of trying to find ways to optimize or lessen the pain of that, of that cycle. Yeah. And the wins methodology is ideal because the first thing you do is think about, okay, what do I want? Right. What goals matter most to me? Uh, what priorities should I have uh, or would I like to have? Um, what frustrations do I want to get rid of? What am I tolerating that I uh, don't need to be tolerating? You know, um, create that proactive definition of the best case of the dream of the vision. And man, I'll tell you, it's um, without help. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing that's so powerful. Like if you're at that 20% to 80% expressed effectiveness, templates and frameworks are going to get you so far down the road. Now we're talking in this series to people that are, you know, much higher. They're at 80 to 90% expressed effectiveness. And they're trying to get to that elusive 94, 95, 96% uh, elite level. Um, so templates and frameworks are going to close the gap in a big way, but then yeah, having, someone help interpret and upgrade and hone your intuition is, is really powerful, but I don't want to gloss over like just the exposure of ideas is massive. Um, here's what I mean. So this was probably when I was like, you know, early in my leadership journey for sure. I would say 22 years ago, I think. And I heard about uh, a work by, I'm going to say the name wrong, Posner and Kuzes, I think, K-O-U-Z-E-S. Uh, they were early to offer, there's a lot more thought leadership now around this, but they were early to offer a leadership model that I think has a lot of transcendent impact. It's not the main template or framework that I use every day in my life now. Um, those have been inspired through deep adversity but this was definitely a great start. And here are the five pieces. I'm just going to overview them really quick and then talk about the emotional connection I had. And I know it's going to reach somebody that's hearing this. So the five are this, model the way, inspire vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, and encourage the heart. So this is, the, this is a framework that they offered. Here's, here's the leadership challenge. Here's what you face as a leader. Do these five things. Well, um, wonderful. Wonderful little hooks you can you can hang your mind on. Well, as I started to understand and actually heard someone talk about challenging the process, 22 years ago, I felt seen, I felt heard, I felt known, I felt permission. Now, this was just a guy talking to a big audience. But Jimmy, up to that point in my life, as I started to get passionate about leadership, I felt like an outsider because I was always looking at how things could be better consistently. It's not that I was a cynic. It's not that I was jaded. It's not that I was disillusioned. I was just passionate about like, it's good, but it could be better. Here's how it could be better. And I was applying that in so many ways in my life. So I learned this template or framework and it gave me permission. And so for those of you that are listening, that you're at some level trying to get better as a leader, just exposure to the ideas in this episode are going to up level and upskill you and the other episodes in a massive way. But if you really want to get those finer points dialed in, you know, we've had our lives changed by coaching. That's where coaching comes into play. Um, but you don't have to fight this battle alone and you don't have to fight this battle unaware. 
you can build this awareness by getting a pacing uh, awareness, and then you can build the application of it through other trusted sources. Um, and I've seen too many organizations, I know that both of us have worked with so many uh, in different arenas and fields, suffer from a lack of clarity and activation. It's too passive or it's too aggressive and pressuring and forcing and shaming. And it doesn't have to be either of those. Dude, sorry. I get excited about leadership stuff, you know, geeking out here. <laughs> well, and, and as a sales leader, you feel you, everyone's lived in both of those extremes. Um, and I think the important thing about the message here is those are, those are responses to something that's happening around us. Um, you know, and, and the idea is, I think so much of what sales is about and folks would point to, you know, we can't control what the buyer does. We can't control the economy. We can't control somebody going on vacation or being sick and missing the deadline to sign a contract or whatever it might the be. The worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't control that complacent, you know, contact. Have you had something like that happen recently, my man? No, no, no. I just it takes me back to the early days where it was like hunt that week, eat that week. Yeah, and and you get the message like out of the office for this week, and I'm like, oh. Right. That was, that was set up to get paid. So those, you, 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 you took me back to those early pains. Well, yeah. what would you say to help somebody to, to really apply this and, and to get out of the traps for sure the beginner, but even advance beyond the pro to this master level. If somebody comes to you and goes, man, I, I really want to get our organization. It could be the leader of the sales team, CEO beyond the particulars of our revenue. So we're a second quarter company or whatever. And, and they said, Jimmy, I got to go in five minutes. What are your top three things you tell me? Yeah. Oh man. Um, look to, I think you said it well, right. To, to operate at a master level, you have to actually uh, be willing to carry that mantle of leadership, meaning you're you're not taking orders from somebody who says, "I want you to take that hill, lead the team up that hill." You know, you've got to you've got to rise above that. You've got to be to the point where you get to pick the hills, or maybe you're even wondering, "Are we taking hills? Or are we going someplace else?" So you've got to you've got to be willing to stretch yourself to to redefine your role. Uh, and expand the vision, expand the area of your expertise, your control, your interest, um, so that you can you can um, you can, as you said, model that curiosity, that big thinking, and then you can inspire people right to operate at a higher level. And if you can do that, then you know the promise is that you'll execute at a higher level. And you'll almost never be caught off guard. You'll never be caught unprepared. You won't be a victim, quote unquote, of somebody, uh, you know, of deals slipping 
or falling through entirely falling through or losing to a competitor because you'll have you'll have contingencies you'll have prepared for that uh, you know when we think about when we operate at that masterful level that highest possible level we think about things like you know the fact that sales is a game of probability and so is my goal to close every deal that comes in no it's a game of probability my goal is to win more than i lose and win bigger and lose smaller over time Oh, wow. I mean, just thinking that way about your job changes the perspective. We want to win more than we lose, of course. We want to win bigger and lose smaller over time. That's a, that's a real visionary concept. That means now, instead of relying on heroes who are going to take it easy on July, on the, July 1st, the first day of the quarter, and then work frantic 22-hour days the last week of the quarter, what if I built a systematic approach to driving growth that my team could execute on a regular basis at a very high level, but at a very stable level? Yeah. I love it. Then we could get rid of the ups and downs. We could get rid of the urgency and the stress. We're still working hard, but we're working a little bit smarter and our perspectives have changed. So I hear, I hear two actions. They're very clear mindset and process. Like it's about the curiosity. It's about the ability to have the approach mentally that is inspiring and drawing people in. And then the second word, they're appreciating process. And of course they, you know, they can go back into here. So many great explanations around this idea and teaching and application around how to live and flesh out this process. So if I've got to get on the train, I say, I hear what you're saying. It starts with my mindset. I need to be focused on the process that we're building with our sales team, what they're executing on, paying attention to it, improving it. What's something I should watch out for? Give me a third step. Well, following the KISS list, right? What do you keep? What do you improve? What do you stop? What do you start? So I want to stop doing something. So you've got to, if you're going to think big and you're going to think in terms of systems, uh, and processes and methodologies, so forth. Um, you've got to stop um, and stop modeling, for example, that destruct that destructive behavior. So, um, for example, hiring. You know, it, are we just hiring anybody who can fog a mirror, or anybody that we feel aligned with, or do you have a distinct process for bringing people in the organization who can elevate? The capability of the organization, not, and not as heroes who are going to be great individual contributors, but people who now fit the vision that you've built, who fit the system and process that you built. So you can you can bring people in who are going to support the changes you're trying to make, not conflict or um, yeah, not conflict with those processes or work against them or resist them, making your life that much harder. I love it. So I'm going to say it back how I'm hearing it. You tell me if this is saying it. So if I want to really start out on that path of mastery, get out of this, uh, get out of the pace that punishes me to a pace that frees me, I'm going to work on mindset. I'm going to pay attention to process. And as I get that process dialed in, I'm going to build the team around the process. I'm going to hire for fit as you say, not to fix. Sweet. I got to go catch my train now. I got those three in mind. Wait, take my card. When you land, yeah, that's, right. call. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. The laser move there. 
so yeah, you don't have to be a victim. We've summed it up very simply. It's a beginning. It's something you'll never, ever finish. You never finish being a master. You learn it every day. You earn it every day. Uh, but there is freedom from the pace that punishes to a pace that gets predictable, as you would say. Yeah. Good timing. Hopefully uh, some folks can implement this stuff and let us know how it goes for Q3. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. If you've learned something or were inspired to try something new, please rate the podcast and share this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to learn more, visit and connect with me, James, at floristgroup.com, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. And if you want to connect with me, Chris, check out SightShift, S-I-G-H-T, shift.com. Peace. Peace.